It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Sports Chumps, episode 47. My name is Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. And you are listening to 88.1 FM WELH Providence. Dean the Dream. How's it going this week, buddy? It, I'm, things are going well. You see, this week we're, we're doing a little early, a little uh, little light out there uh, on a Monday, late late Monday, around 5 o'clock, but late in the afternoon. It's nice. It's a little yes. different, so you can get your stuff done, and I don't know what I can do, but we'll, oh. as long as we put a good show together, I, I'm a happy camper. Well, tomorrow you've got a very busy day. <laughs> very busy. Haircut in the morning, and you've got to go to work at night. You're filling in for someone doing a party. I like it. Solid, solid employee. It was a request, so I took the request because the, the guy's really good to me, so I, I, it's hard to refuse someone. I p- appreciate it from you that we, uh, we did a little switcheroo here, so I was able to, uh, to accommodate um, a good guy who's uh, been good to me in the past. Solid, so, solid. And Episode, in the present. Who is it? And in the present. He's been nice. very good to me. Yeah, really, really good guy. We are on episode 47, three more till 50. So wow. we're riding the wave and we're hanging in there. We want to uh, give a big shout out to all our loyal listeners and all our listeners on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. And if you did not know, the show does air on Thursdays on 88.1 FM WELH Providence from 8 p.m. till 9 p.m. So if you can't catch us on Facebook Live or if you don't want like Spotify or iHeartMedia or any of the internet stuff, you can always listen to us on 88.1 FM, WELH Providence, on Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. I'm glad you brought it up, Michael, because one of our loyal listeners, Chris Fay, attorney at law, he mentioned the other night how, you know, he comes in Antonio sometimes on a Thursday night, but he says oh, it's tough because, you know, 8 to 9, I want to, you know, I want to listen to your shows, the chumps, 8 to 9, you and Nails, getting it done. He was even giving us props for, the, you know, some of the sports that maybe uh, people think that we wouldn't be versed in and strong in. He likes the content, even with the hockey talk, and we're going to get into the Bruins pretty soon because it was a, it was a good, uh, good four or five days for the Bees. Yes. The Boston Bruins are showing some heart, yeah. and they are uh, kicking it up a notch, and we'll get into that a yeah. little bit into the podcast. Right now, we're going to talk about the number 47. There's not much to talk about. If anybody does not know, 
Uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, all of our episodes, probably from what, 40 on maybe, we've been doing uh, popular sports players with the numbers. Yeah, so, I think we wish we started a little bit early because yeah. these, the, these are the weak numbers right now. We're in that little lull. It's going to get better, as I said. We get into the 50s with, with linebackers. Then you get into the 80s with, with wide receivers. So right now, we're in a lull into the late 40s, uh, kind of reaching for, for, for good baseball. It's usually baseball guys at 47 because I don't yeah. know many basketball players that wear the number 47. I, I only have three uh, pitchers with the number 47. Uh, I did give you a basketball player. I'm going to have you bring him up. Yeah. Uh, the pitchers I have are Tom Glavin, Jack Morris, and the uh, Boston Red Sox. Probably one of your favorite players. I'm being funny. Bruce Hurst. Well, you know, he really was nails because I, Bruce Hurst in the, you know, in the 86 World Series, he was, you, uh, people, I don't want to rehash this because I'll cry again, but I was 14 at the time. When Bruce Hurst, when Keith Hernandez was at the plate, with, you know, he hits the fly ball to center field with, for, to make the second out in the in the 86 World Series in game six there was already a um there was already a sign up on the board it said congratulations Red Sox world champions 1986 and Bruce Hurst had already been named MVP of the series mm -hmm. and of course we all know what happened in the the debacle and the fall apart yeah. so of course Bruce Hurst who pitched on uh on three days rest, and you had the rain out, oil can boy got skipped, went on a binge. We don't know what happened there. But Bruce Hurst is my favorite 47 because he comes from the Red Sox. You mentioned Jack Morris, another guy we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, I guess we, I think he's in one of our podcasts as Chump of the Week for some comments he made as an announcer. Yeah, get rid of him. But, yeah, so obviously uh, Blue Jays, World Series champion, uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago, Minnesota Twins. He pitched that one nothing game in 1991 mm -hmm. where he won that game uh, on the Dan Gladden scoring on the Gene Locke and sack fly. And, of course, he led the 84 Tigers to the World Series championship led by Kirk Gibson and the boys. So Jack Morris is a winner. Good job on Jack Morris. And, of course, Tom Glavin, I, that one eluded me because he's a 300-game 300, 300 winner. We may not see any more 300-game winners these days. And he gets into, he's, of course, he's a Bill Ricker guy from Massachusetts. Tommy Glavin with the uh, most of his career, his great Great years with the Atlanta Braves. Um, speaking of the debacle with the uh, Red Sox, um, I want to give a shout-out to Bill Buckner because Bill Buckner was an incredible baseball player, and they let just one play ruin the guy. And throughout his years of living, the guy got tortured. And it was unfair what happened. I know it's a sad day in Red Sox history or whatever you yeah. want to call it. But the guy, up until his... I think he passed away, Bill Buckner. He did recently. Up until he dementia. passed away, yeah. he would still get death threats. I know. That's he, awful. He, he had it tough. And, of course, you, you're right. To be defined by one play, it's unfortunate, Nails. But you are... You know, you, people do look for a scapegoat in, in when there's... Uh, Turmoil, or whether it's uh, when your back's against the wall, or when something goes wrong, you're always looking for somebody to blame. And unfortunately, Buckner, with almost 3,000 hits in his career, people are always going to remember him for that one play where the ball just went for the wickets. Uh, it's just very unfortunate. But I, my other 47 was Jesse Orozco, and it's funny because he's linked to that '86 World Series. Mm -hmm. He's the one who throws, you know, when Vince Scully goes fastball, got him, and the and the do the glove goes up in the air, and he strikes Marty Barrett out to end it. So oh, I suffered God. through that one. So you got Hurst and Orozco who were on that same scene. There in that same World Series, there's two of your better 47s. Orozco had a great career as a closer, setup guy. He pitched about 15 years, had a nice career. Who's the basketball player I mentioned to you? Yeah, you know, I would have never got this one. I remember him. He kind of looked like he's a skinnier version of, um, because you're a Rocky guy, 
the Dolph Lundgren character was yeah. Ivan Drago. He's got that look yeah. to him because he's a Russian guy. Yeah. His name is Andre Andre Karolinko. He was a uh, he was a high flyer for the Utah Jazz back in the day. He played with Stockton and Malone. I think um, maybe near the end of their career. Mm-hmm. Played into the 2000s. I think he played a little bit with the Nets and he fizzled out. But had a nice career. Came over from Russia. Number 47. They, his nickname was AK47 because he could his high flyer. Like I could he could jam. He was six foot ten. Very very athletic. Good player. So good find there, Nails. Ivan Drago. I must break you. Go what about, what about, go, uh, go for it. Yeah, what about when he go for it? What about when he goes? I didn't like that when he goes. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> a little, 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 come on. That was an exhibition. It's a little rough. It's the last we saw oh, of Apollo. Last, to, last we saw of Apollo Creed. Nails. Yeah. Shout out to the MOD Master of Disaster, the King of Sting, the one and only Apollo Creed, aka Carl Weathers. Solid. Like Solid. That. Yeah. No, you got you got the sayings going. You're hot with that lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Early innings here on the Chumps. Episode 47. Not much to go on with players. We're in the number 47, but I think we did okay with it. Hurst, Orozco, Glavin, and of course, Jack Morris and Andre Karolinko, a.k.a. AK-47. Solid. All right, let's get into the NBA playoffs. We're going to kick off the show with a little Celtic talk. Celtics lose Saturday night in a frantic final second. 103-101. Bucks. Take a lead in the series. I believe it's 2-1. Uh, Giannis found a way back into getting into his regular routine. And he's in peak form again. Uh, had a solid game. Uh, the game was great up until the last second. Celtics hung in there. Unfortunately, there was a couple of strange calls. We're going to get into all that. Um, the J- We're going to get into a little bit of uh, the, the refs calling and the, the ball going off the rim and Marcus Smart complaining that he did get fouled when he shot the three. Anyways, JB had 27, Giannis had 42. I'm going to kick it over to Dream, and he's going to give us our opinion. He's going to give his opinion on the game. Well, first of all, obviously the Bucks totally outplayed the Celtics in this one. Although the Celtics did have a halftime lead of 50 to 46 going into the break, playing hard on the road, looking to get that coveted road win to get back home and get that home court advantage back. But obviously, it wasn't to be. Of course, you're not going to win many games when your best player, Jason Tatum, shoots four for 19 and just pulled almost a pretty much a no-show in this one. You're not going to overcome it, but they still nails down, I think, 15 in the fourth quarter, had a chance to steal this game. I wouldn't say they deserved to win this game. You know, the the irrational fans will say, well, Celtics should have won that game. No, I wouldn't say they should have won that game. They could have won that game. And, of course, the Celtics actually took a 100-99 lead with 50 seconds left, and it just wasn't to be. Giannis comes down, and Antetokounmpo gets it done, 42 points, despite working hard for those points. Grant Williams and everyone did all they could do. He started to impose his will with those spin-dribble moves that he just got him to the back. Basket. But of course, this game comes down to the last five seconds, 103-100 Milwaukee. Marcus Smart looking to get that three-point shot off, gets fouled on the play, looked like he was in the act of shooting, and of course, the official calls it on the floor. Celtics get two free throws instead of the three that could have tied the game and pushed this game into overtime, and you never know what could have happened. Albeit, Smart goes to the line, makes the first one, and it's a rarity to see you, uh, an NBA player missed that second free throw. You have to hit the rim. A lot of guys brick it, hit the backboard. It never comes to fruition. 
Celtics did everything they wanted to do on that play. Smart got his own rebound, missed a shot, and of course, Horford with a couple of tips. The last one came a little bit after the buzzer. It just wasn't to be, but there was some questionable officiating in this game. You know, I just got to say this, and I, the, the past uh, podcasts, I have the Bucs wing it all because I believe Gian, I believe Giannis is the best player in the NBA. But I do see that with the Celtics not playing to their best ability Saturday night and still hanging in there shows me that when the Bucs are playing to their – they're playing on, on all cylinders Saturday night. It shows me that if the Celtics – can really put it together and focus that they can they can beat the Bucks this series. I really do. Yeah, you know what? I do believe that even though I yeah. have the Bucks winning everything. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't think – I said Tatum pulled a no-show. Obviously, you got to give the Bucs some credit for playing good defense on him, whether it was Drew Holiday, whether it was Bobby Portis. They throw a lot of different guys in him. It was Grayson Allen. But the, uh, Tatum couldn't get off – you know, he just couldn't get his game going in this in this this on this day. And, of course, it hurts the Celtics. Of course, J.B. bounced back after being, having a poor performance, I believe, in, in one of the earlier games. He comes back with a strong game. Well, as you said, 27 points. The Celtics just couldn't get enough. There was a lot. It was a physical game. A lot of guys went down. Robert Williams went in and out of the game a couple of times. We got hit in the head. There was a. It was physical, and you know, you just hope that the officiating goes your way. And it just, it just wasn't to be. But I, I, I agree with you. If the Celtics can, they got to steal a game. They got to win a game on the road. Have they don't have tonight. the home court anymore, so they have to win a game. But it was just unfortunate. This is a game that got away from them. They could have stole it late, but it wasn't to be. And of course, uh, Celtics get back to work in Game Four on Monday night. We'll see what happens. Now, now the call that was on the floor that, sh that when he was in the in, in the process of mm -hmm. shooting that whole thing with them leaning in and the three point shot that all changed because of Steph Curry. I believe that. Yeah, he would he would fake fake the defender. He'd do a couple of feints, and the guy yeah. would he would jump as soon as they started. Right. It's a scam. Everything's you're right. It just seemed like it's premeditated, and it's everything's like everybody's trying to get to the line. But on this particular play, of course, Milwaukee doesn't want to allow the Celtics to shoot a three, so it's smart basketball on their part. But it does look like smart is his intent was to shoot the ball. I don't think he was just trying to draw contact. He literally knew that there was 4.5 seconds left, and he had to get a shot off. And of course, the official decided to call it on, on you know, on the floor. Now I don't know if the Celtics were out of challenges there, or they couldn't go to the monitor and see if that, you know, possibly. I don't know if you can challenge that. If if it's a uh, challengeable call, it should be. Anything at that point with the game on the line should be uh, open to a challenge. Seems like Udoka isn't one of those challenge guys to me. Well, I mean, you know, listen, those are always tough. Those are always, you know, but if you've got one in your pocket, you don't want to get back on the, you don't want to go back to the hotel room with it. You want to make sure you use it. So I, I would assume that they were out of it or they weren't able to challenge it. But that was a, there was a difference maker. And, of course, Smart still hit the rim, got his own rebound. They had a chance. Could have got to overtime. No, so here's my question to people out there listening, and feel free to call in to the Sports Chumps phone number. The phone number is 401-895-9791. My question is when the playoffs roll around, and I'm not saying that this is um, a giving thing, but when the playoffs roll around, do you think that the NBA referees should give a little leeway and let these players play? And if they're going to make the calls, be consistent throughout the quarters. Don't start making the hat calls in the fourth quarter. Right. you you got to let these people play. Yeah. And, well, and the technical fouls, they're throwing star players out. People are paying big money to come see these star players. Let them play. They don't want to see the officials decide the game. They no. want the players to decide the game. No. But, I mean, you know, calls are calls. You have to you have to play it straight up. And, you know, if something's blatant, you still have to make the call. I mean, the officiate, it's not an easy job what they do. But it just felt like in that particular game, Milwaukee seemed to be getting a lot. You know, it looks like, it looks like nine out of ten times you could call an offensive foul on Giannis. 
I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous player, and I know two dribbles and he's at the basket. But there were times where Grant Williams looked like he did everything he possibly could, and it was either a foul or just a no call, and they just let the freak get his deuce. So, and by the way, I'm tired of his brother on the sideline. He's a, he's a complete cheerleader. He's ML Carr without the towel. Enough now, all right? He hasn't sniffed it. He's not even getting garbage time. Stop hugging and stop, like, running up and down the sidelines. You haven't sniffed it. All right? You're getting him Budenholz's way. Just stay on the bench and sit down. Enough. I've, I had enough of him. Oh. Praying with his brother in between timeouts. Enough now. Oh, Dream is actually taking a stand. Taking a stand and showing his true colors. Yeah, because I got a feeling, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm sure his brother hustles. He's a good practice player. But he's on the team because, because, because the freak probably said, you know what, you want me to re-up with you guys for eight years, $100 million back in the day. You got to take my brother with My brother's on the roster. I think he's. I think that's yeah. a package. A little, deal. a little Ryland shuffle. Yeah, yeah, that's that whole like LeBron's coming into. Oh, I want to wait until my son comes in the league. Who, who said your son's an NBA player, Bronny? Like, give me a break. Right. Anyways, we're not gonna get All into right, that. Moving on. Tough All loss right. for the C's. Let's see what happens. We still got a lot of series left here. Obviously, the Celtics have to grab one on the. Right, let's talk Sixes Heat. Sixes Heat. Um, <clears throat> series is tied up two two. Sixes beat the Heat one sixteen one oh eight. Joel Embiid, who I believe. Should have been the MVP. We're going to get into that talk. That was a great game. Uh, JB, another JB, Jimmy Butler, had 40. Um, unfortunately, the Heat lost that game. Butler's tough, man. Solid. Butler's I'll, tough. I'll, I'll Let me tell you something. Yeah, give, give me Butler. I know he stirs it up a little. He's bounced around the league. He's he's a money player. He's thirty like thirty two years old right now. I was expecting him to lose his step at this point, but he was he scored forty in this loss. Nothing to be ashamed of, and he, and he goes right at Embiid. They don't play the same position, but he has no fear. He got a few and ones. He kept the heat in this game, but of course Joel Embiid comes back with the mask on. Gets it done with 24 points. And, of course, James Harden, who's had good first halves in this series, but not good second halves, he lights it up for, I think, 15 in the fourth quarter, and he mm -hmm. finished with uh, 31. So Harden did man up in this game and, and get Philly back into the series, and now you're down to a best out of three between two very good basketball Harden teams. needs to do that every game. Then he could start gloating a little bit. Stop with the gloating. You did it one game. Yeah, Stop. I, I agree with you. Not a big Stop. Guy. He does the same move all the time. He does the cr the crossover dribble through the legs, and he takes four steps back and shoots a three. <laughs> if right. it goes in, it, he's great. If it doesn't go in, it's awful. All right, it's Mikey the same Nails thing all the time. pegging James Harden to a T. The same thing, dribble, 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 hoisting it up from 26, but he did make like four or five in the, in late in the game to put the game on ice. And, of course, at 2-2, it's anybody's series right now. Uh, we're going to talk a little Warriors-Grizzlies. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I believe the Warriors ran up the score. Final score, the Warriors-Grizzlies, 142 Warriors-Grizzlies, 112. They shouldn't have ran it up that much. That's but, hard call. Well, they shouldn't have. That's a lot You're of points. You're going No, it's a lot of points. I, like I said, though, they emptied the benches and the kid Kaminga was scoring points. Stop. Jordan Poole gets 30 in his sleep. He's another gifted scorer. I mean, Chris should know better. Uh, yeah, you would think so. You would think so. But um, hey, listen, you got to play it out. You got to keep playing. And if you play your subs, I don't think Curry was in there the last five minutes. So, of course, the story in this series right now, it's Golden State 2 1. But the real story is John Morant got hurt in this game. And it looks like he's out for game four. The coach Jenkins says it looks like he's out. So there's a chance he could play. It's It doesn't look good right now. And without him, I don't think they even have a punches chance no. without Morant in the lineup. No. I tell you what, the way John Morant plays, he he's he's a phenomenal player. He's not going to last long because he's just a high flyer, and he's going to come down. He's going to start getting the broken. Bones. I told you way back before we knew anything about him. Before you even knew, I told you. Did I, did I tell you the liveness in him though? Did you see yeah. it though? You said he's a little shifty. He's got that yeah. little side to side kind of like he's hurt. He, he, he can move. He can jump. He's he quick. Can fly. And he's a little longer than Iverson. Yeah. He's like six three. He's he got can longer, go. longer arms, longer it, legs. It, it, 
He's, he plays above the rim. I really hope he stays healthy because he is a highlight. He is a highlight reel, yeah. kind of like Dominique. And that's a nice team they've got. The guy Taylor Jenkins did a nice job with that team. But, of course, there's talent there. But they're not loaded. He's a, he's a transitional player. He's a generational player. You just touch um, me. Don't touch me. Sorry. Um, but, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a nice player on that team. And I like the kid, Desmond Bain, who was only averaging like seven points in the series after averaging, I believe, 18 during the season. So he better get it together quick because they're going to need him even more if Morant cannot play. All right, big talk right now, big talk. Mavericks, Suns. I made a couple of comments to Dream. We're going to get into it. Uh, Mavericks win the last game, 111-101. They tie the series up. I got the Mavericks winning this series because right now, as of today, it is a brand-new series. And I said to Dream, Chris Paul is a head case, and he's becoming a head case. He fouled out with nine minutes left. He, all he did was complain the whole game. Luca put on a show, and a couple of the other players for the Mavericks stepped up. I just believe that if you get into... Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards of all time. I'm going to throw that out there. One of the greatest mid... mid, mid what is it? Um, um, You're right. It's the mid-range He's a the mid-range, mid-range shooter of all time. With him, I call him the elbow jumper because he, he gets that he little can, elbow he's shot. He's unbelievably yeah, talented. The problem with him is you get in his mind, in his psyche, it's over. He cannot win a big game. No, and you said this on Friday night, and I said, all right, pipe... Pump the brakes, Nails, because there's, there's still a lot of basketball. Well, if he loses this game, they're going to lose the series. Hey, listen, all right, if, you're, if you're right, I'll give you props. Now, you know I rode, I rode, the, I rode Chris Paul last year yeah. right to the end, and they lost in six to the Bucks. and I said he'd never get another crack at the apple. And this year they came back. He turned 37 this week. He had another great season, so he, he does have another crack at it. I still believe that they're the better team, even though I am rooting for Dallas because I am a Luka guy. And, of course, in this why, game— Why are you a Luka guy? Because I just think he's got a little bit of bird in him. It's just I, I, I'll watch him and he's just a little LB Solid. and I can't help he it. Yeah, it. Although, not fast, not quick. Just makes the moves yeah, and just, lets just, it go. Just play more and, and bellyache less. Please, do me a favor. The, but the kid's tremendous. Yeah. I don't care if you don't want to put the fork down and order a salad. I don't care. You pump in 30 every game. He doesn't in your look sleep. that heavy to me, though, yeah, right he's, now. He's sloppy looking to me, but he, he knows how to contort his body. Listen, if he keeps putting up these numbers, he had an off-game shoot and he was throwing up air from three, but he knew how to down the, on the box with the shifty moves, yeah. keeping the pivot foot. A little up but, and under. But, of course, the story of this game is as, as great as Luca is, it was the supporting cast. Um, Jalen Brunson came up big with 18 points. Wasn't his father in the NBA or something? Yeah, his father, Rick Brunson, came out of Temple. He played for John Chaney back in the day. Yeah, his father was a role player, but Brunson's a better NBA player, and he's going to get a lot of money in the offseason. He's a free agent to be. The story in this game was that next scorer, the guy who could pump 20 in, and it turns out to be swingman Dorian Finney-Smith. Used to play for Billy Donovan at Florida. He comes up with 24 points on eight three-pointers, and he was the difference maker in this game. He plays great defense, but he added 24 with eight behind the arc, and that was the difference in the game. And Dallas right now is feeling really good about themselves as CP3, as you said, fouled out with nine minutes to go and only five points. If CP3 can get into the locker room and get in a little corner by himself and talk to himself and say, I need to put the blinders on, I need to have the tunnel vision. I don't care what happens around me. I'm going to make my players better, and no one could stop me on that mid-range shooter. They're winning the series, but unfortunately, you get in his you get in his head. If 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 Dennis Rodman was in the series, he would literally you would see Chris Paul in a corner sucking on a lollipop in a mental hospital because Dennis Rodman would know how to get to him, and and Dallas is going to figure this out. Yeah. I believe that Dallas is going to win the series, and it's going to be because Chris. It's going to be because Chris Paul cannot listen. I always said basketball is 40 percent talent, sixty percent mind. If you can control your mind and control the players around you, ignore them. 
then you're going to win. Unfortunately, Chris Paul cannot do that. Yeah, I thought he, he is a talented, talented well, I thought even person. though he lost in the finals this year, I thought he finally got the monkey off his back. He made it to a finals. Maybe this year would be one more chance to finally get over the hump, get to a final, and win the whole thing. But he is running out of chances at 37 years old. I don't know how many more bites at the apple he's going to get. He's getting a little long in the tooth, even though he's still an elite, elite player. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You've got Dallas winning the series. I'd love to see Luka move on to the uh, – to the Western Conference Finals, I'd love to see it. Jason Kidd, who I told you was a retread coach earlier in the season, I apologize for that because he has done a nice job there. Whether they win this series or not, he's got them banging on the door of the Western Conference Finals, and I give uh, him a lot of credit uh, taking over the team that he won an NBA championship with in 2011. A little MVP talk. The Joker got the MVP again. Again, we had this discussion. We always said that if if they the team makes it to the playoffs, and they should, we, we did all that, then they should probably decide then, but... He's the Joker got it again. Yeah. I believe Joel Embiid. I, I was even going to say Giannis, but Giannis yeah. is Giannis. Well, you just mentioned the three finalists yeah. for, the, for the gig, and it, and it went down. It came down to the Joker again. Twenty-seven-year-old Santa averaged twenty-seven points, thirteen-point-eight rebounds, and just by the way, oh, almost eight assists a game as a center. He is um, the first player in NBA history nails to, to score two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, and five hundred assists in a season. First player ever to do that. Solid. So I mean, second straight MVP, and of course he piggybacks off for the Antetokounmpo, who won two straight MVPs from eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. So this is listen. He's an elite guy, and of course. Let's give him some credit. He carried that Denver team this year. Michael Porter went down early in the season with back surgery. And Jamal Murray, who tore his ACL in the last game of last season, did not play at all this season. So he's an elite player also. So there wasn't really much for him to work with there. And he carried that Denver team into the playoffs doing the best job he possibly can. I like the joke. I'm going to make a strong comment and not being negative. I'm just being a little realistic. It's the last year he's ever going to win the MVP. And he's going to start falling off because his feet are going to go bad. All right, Mikey Nails has him going a la Bill Walton in his late 20s with bad feet. He's going to look like Sabonis in two years. Can't get up and down the court. So take him for what he is right now. It's been mentioned in prior podcasts. I've been doing my homework on Nails from day one. We're on episode 47 here. We were happy. Right now we've got Giannis Saz, a.k.a. Dr. Football, watching us on Facebook Live. We want to shout out to him for coming on to the Chumps last week as our NFL insider breaking down the NFL draft. We're not talking any football today. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But, of course, you can go out on his website. A lot of W-E-L-H comments on Dr. Football. I got some incredible comments, a couple emails that uh, the general manager got. They want to know who he is, and he did direct them to the website. Solid. So, shout out to the general manager of W-E-L-H. And you are listening to the Sports Chumps, episode 47 on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence, you can check out all of our podcasts, especially the one, episode number 46, with Dr. Football, which is up on Spotify and on iHeartMedia. You can direct your way to those uh, actual podcasts on our website. Our website is thesportschumps.com. Just click the Spotify link, and all of our podcasts are up there. You can also email Mike or Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments at thesportschumps at gmail.com. Calm. Hey Mike, got? I know you. I know you like uh, Doc's stuff last week, but I mean, like, let's face it. I'm with you. I don't think you or I really care about Cole Strange's uh, forty time. I mean, if he can pancake no. and play, I mean, come no. on. That's now. like Get me running. That's room. like me running a forty 
in in four seconds. No one cares about that. They would just want to see me play the music at, at, at when I DJ. That's All right, it. there's no chance it nails and I early early innings here on the chumps at like after the podcast going on Atwood Avenue and trying to run the forty or anywhere down Alcott nah, Drive. Just, I don't want to tip my hand nah, over I'm, here. I'm, I'm, but, I'm, I'm breaking an ankle. But I mean, come on, uh, Doc. Uh, nobody cares about Cole Strange. Get out of the war room. Nobody cares about combine stuff. We're gonna find out if this guy. I know he's a plug and play at 29, but of course. We are moving on. We got more important things to talk about right now, but thanks to Doc. Dr. Football, when you get a chance in the next couple of weeks, call in again. We will have an update on the NFL draft and on the NFL season. That will be coming up in prior podcasts. Moving on. MLB. Talk about the awful-looking Boston Red Sox. Are they going to pull out of this atrocious season so far? Who's to blame so far? Trevor Story is terrible. The contract that he got is, is ridiculous. He's not performing. Send him down to the Woo Sox. Awful. Okay? My question for Dream, because he is the baseball, the is the premier baseball analyst. My question for Dream is, who's the leader? Question mark. Who needs to step up and be the leader? Question mark. Well, that, that is a great question. I, I've always believed that the leader of this team is is... Obviously, after Alex Cora, who gives them culture and gives them discipline and gives them a locker room. But I think on the field, it's Xander Bogats who would, to me, be the leader of this ball club. But, of course, Bogey has an opt-out at the end of the season. And with the story signing, I think there's a little bit, I don't want to call friction, but there's a little awkwardness there where I think that Bogey's thinking at the end of the season he's going to opt out. So I think that takes away the little bit of the leadership. I'm not saying Bogey's not putting out or showing out right now because he's been hitting all year. But, of course, you know, hitting about 350, but with a man on third, second and third, and one out the other night in, the, in a tight game, he can't hit a fly ball to the outfield and get a run in. He hits a ground ball to short. So it's situational stuff. I've been talking about this for two or three weeks now. But, of course, the Red Sox at 10 and 19 are buried in the basement of the AL East. They are now 10 and a half games out. They've lost five straight, eight of 10, and they're four and nine at Fenway. And of course, you can't send Trevor Story down, but I like your process there. He was booed the other day after striking out four times against Otani. Now, a lot of guys strike out four times against Otani, but this kid has not got the job done, and I don't know why Alex Cora continues to run him out there in the leadoff spot, and now we're on 30 games, and he hasn't gone bridge yet. So, you got again, I've said it last week, and I'll keep saying it. This isn't Colorado anymore. There's no altitude here. You're not, you're not going bridge. That's an excuse. Put, Absolutely. Get, put him on the bench. Give him the splinters. Send someone else in who wants to do it. Stop it now. I, I know these contracts other than, this guy. other than Devers and Bogots, really nobody on the team's hitting. Kike's not hitting. Verdugo, I told you, was going to have a breakout. Yeah, he was hitting 330. What about Martinez? So What's he, he doing? JD's hitting the ball, but he had that abducted thing. He was out for about four or five games. He's been hitting okay, but Vasky's not hitting. They had a man on second and no outs in the ninth. Yes, they down 3 2. They don't get the run in. They just not. They just can't hit behind each we're, other. We're in the bad news bear status with well, these guys. Well, they can't put two or three hits together. They just can't score runs. Every game, it's one run. The starting pitching. Uh, uh, Michael has not been that bad. No, I mean, it has not been bad. Uh, Michael Walker's been good. They they Waka, shut him Waka. down his last stop before precautionary. He's had a little. He's had oblique injuries in the past, so he shut him down. Hopefully, he's going to pitch this weekend. Nick Pavetta finally had a great game with six scoreless innings against the White Sox. But again, it's a one nothing game. It gets blown in the ninth. Robles came in. They can't get a guy to close a game out. Bonds can't get it done in the pen. So it's just it's just it's a, a collective collaborative just collapse. And we're only 30 games into the season, 29 games, and I think they're checked. 
I don't know if you can come out of this. The double digits. Bad. Yankee fans are just eating us up right now. Yeah, the Yankees have had some rainouts over the weekend, but they made up a few games with Texas, and they were nineteen and eight going into today, and they're up one nothing in the night. So it's just I don't know. Even with extra wild card teams, I don't I don't think Boston has a shot here. And now you got to start thinking. Heim Bloom has to be thinking. What do we do here? We just play this out. Or are we, we going to start maybe shaking things up, trade one of your core guys to maybe get something back, or start trading some of these guys that are on one-year deals that you know are not going to be back after a one-year contract? Do you think a lot of the people that watch the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Red Sox supporters, a.k.a. maybe you, think that coming off their actually great season last year into the playoffs that they were going to ride that and be a great team? Unfortunately, I'm going to make this comment. It, it, last year... No one expected the Red Sox to do what they did, yeah. but they stepped up and they did do it. So they kind of have the same players from last year. They have one new, a couple of new players, Trevor Story included, right. and they're not even nowhere near where they were. And no. I know it's early in the season. I no, get all that. No, we keep saying that. Yeah, no, you, I, 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 we keep saying that. But it's, it's even though it's, it is early. It's thirty games in. They're buried already. And, I, and I'm going to answer your question you just asked. I. I I don't think they rested on their laurels. I think they came into the season. I didn't because I looked at this division with Tampa and, of course, Toronto last year did not make the playoffs, but they were the hot team. Guerrero had 47, 46, 47 bombs last year. He would have won MVP if it wasn't for Otani. But, I mean, I just think that with Toronto in that division and New York playing the way they're playing, I don't think – I think even if Boston was playing better right now, they'd still be behind the eight ball. But 10 games back when you can't win at home, they had a nice 10-game homestand here and they just can't win baseball games. And now they play the – I think the Braves are coming in, the world champion. Being Atlanta yeah, Braves come in tomorrow it. night to Fenway Park. Forget it. Uh, so what do we do? Well, again, I don't like I said. I don't. I don't know if you the, the marketable guys. You would trade a bogey or a Devis if you know that maybe you're not going to keep them. Well, and I, and you and, well, you rebuild. You restock it. You maybe get a couple of major league players. They can't do this where like they lost Mookie three years ago. They can't lose Bogey and Devis and get nothing for them. But the longer you wait, you know they wait till next year. Bogey's got an opt out at the end of the year, so Bogey they got to make a decision on soon. Devis they've got under control for another year, so you got to start thinking about these guys because look at Mookie. You traded him in the offseason before his free agent year, but you still only got like 50 cents on the dollar. You got a nice outfielder in Verdugo and a, and a bag of balls. So, I mean, it's like, you know, for, for, for a generational type player, Mookie was an MVP. Cool. So, I, they got to make a decision on Bogey because I, I think Bogey wants out. A couple of podcasts, maybe it was last podcast or the podcast before that. Yeah. It was either podcast 45 or 46. You had mentioned that Devers wants to be traded. I said, yeah, I said I had heard a rumor that like some somebody said he had. I don't know why he would say this, but I don't have I don't have fact on this. It was sort of a, a speculation that he that he, the Yankees were mentioned. Maybe he said something that he liked in their ballpark. Maybe I misconstrued it, but there was something something there because I know the Red Sox were looking to buy out some of his years. They've offered him in, in upwards of two hundred million for an extension. I know, and you're saying so what? He didn't take it? No, because he thinks on the open market he's going to get three three fifty, and he's not going to get it from Boston. They'll move him. What markets are you looking at? It's not stop and shop, I'll tell you that. Sure. All right, middle innings here on the Chumps. Nails Dream, getting it done. Lots of listeners and viewership on Facebook Live. We're doing an early edition on a Monday afternoon. It goes on Thursday nights on ELH 88.1 FM Providence. It's the best podcast going. And as Nails said earlier, episode 47, we're closing in on a half a hundred. Half a hundred. Solid. I was, listening almost... to an, I was listening to an episode the other day, and it was like you were like all excited because we were almost at 20. You said 20, 20 deep. And I'm like, now we're almost 50 deep. I yeah. mean, what are we doing over here? Hashtag Boston Sports. Someone get us to Boston Sports. We need to get them to us. We need to get to them, and we wanna, we're going to make it. There's a lot of doubters out there. Don't doubt us. 
We're going to make it. We will be on ESPN someday. Oh, this is hardcore. Mock my words. Nails, dreams. Episode you- 47. What's the date today? Today is May 9th, May 9th, 4.56 p.m. Monday. Mock my words. Someone's calling me. We're not going to get that phone call. Chris Lisi, I hope you're listening because you're calling me. Mock my words. 4.56 on May. What's the date? May 9th. May 9th, Monday. We are going to be on ESPN someday. This is going to be a marketing brand. Let's move on. NHL. Yeah. I want to talk Bruins. Bruins tie the series up 2-2 in game four with a win over the Carolina Hurricanes. 5-2. Marshawn, two goals. Bergeron, one goal. DeBrusque, one goal. And you said there was an open netter. I'm not sure who scored that. Marshawn had the open netter. He was so who's the other Who's the other player that Passenek scored? Passenek scored one, right, two. Passenek. So I, New series yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, you're at 2-2. They won on Friday night. They come back. And, of course, in this game, the, the Bruins could have mailed it in here because in the pregame, everybody's excited. They're down 2-1, but they have life. You come into the pregame, Jack Edwards goes on the air with Brickley, and all of a sudden they tell everybody, or even in the pregame with Dale Arnold, oh, by the way, Charlie McAvoy, your heart and soul, number one defenseman, Oh, he's out with COVID protocol right before the start of game four when you got a little momentum. So you would think that it would deflate this team. And, of course, he's on the same blue line with Hampus uh, Lindholm, who has the upper body injuries. He was the big acquisition from the Anaheim Ducks. So, of course, you you got your – not only do you lose McAvoy, you lost your combo. So now all these other guys have to step up, whether it's Grizzlick. And I just thought the Bruins in this game play with heart and soul and passion. And, of course, Josh Brown was another acquisition defenseman. He came over at the trade deadline. He's sort of an under-the-radar guy. He played well in this game. Mike Riley, he stopped a few, couple of shots that were, like, headed for the net with some dives. He, they, were, they were letting it all out there. Give it up, giving up their 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 dis- discipline was was unquestioned in this game. It was unbelievable. I saw Curtis Lazar get baited by that punk Tony D'Angelo, the defenseman from Carolina, who was looking to stop fights. He was throwing shots at, at, at Lazar, and Lazar didn't bite. So I just thought that the Bruins showed a lot of discipline, and of course, Swayman was good enough in net in this game, and Marshan was it was definitely. As sometimes it said Marshan, it's Marshan. Either way, five points in this game, two goals, three assists. He was amazing. And, of course, the best play of the game was the Bergeron faceoff, which he won, gave the puck to, um, to uh, Marshan, who flipped it to Pasenek for, for the goal that made it 4-2, and the Bruins never looked back in this one. No, I have a little couple of comments to make about the Boston Bruins. I was working the other day and listening to the radio. I'm not going to mention the show. Uh, somebody said a very um, popular... Uh, broadcaster said that one of the most overrated Boston Bruins of all time was Marshawn. And that is ridiculous. Wow. That he's the heartbeat of yeah. the Boston Bruins. I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of the most overrated Boston Bruins of all time is Tuka Rask. Wow. I didn't hear that on Marshawn, but I, I, if, if anything, Nails, if I had to say anything negative about him, I just talked about what a punk this kid D'Angelo is because you could yeah, see him stir in the pot. Sometimes Marshawn lets his, he lets his emotions get the best of him, and he can do that. You know, he can make that one stupid play where he gets suspended and costs his team, and I just hope he doesn't do it in the postseason. But I love his energy, and at what five foot eight, five foot nine, he's not tops, overrated. And the, he's ne- a solid not. Boston Bruin. He's been there forever, and, and listen, Tuka Rask, overrated. 
Yeah, I mean, we put Rask to bed. I think he stunted the growth of Jeremy Swayman, but things are looking up right now for the Bees. You know, Rask, I do like the fact he'd like to play his whole career in Boston, and he did. He did it his way. But, um, wow, I was surprised to hear that because I think Marshawn is, 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 a, is a Bruins Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's an Absolutely. NHL Hall of Famer, but he's had a great career. And, of course, you're at 2-2 right now. It's a best out of three. And the Bruins, again, are going to have to win a game in Carolina to win this series, just like the, the Celtics are going to have to win one in Milwaukee. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great week for New England sports. Absolutely. We're 40 minutes in. Episode 47 of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. You could check out all of our podcasts up on Spotify. Just go to our website. Our website is thesportschumps.com. Work your way over to that Spotify link. Click that link and you will see all of our podcasts. Episode number 47 will be up by Friday. You can email Micah Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments at the sports jumps at gmail.com. You have 20 minutes to call in. Feel free to call in. The sports jumps number is 401-895-9791. Moving on, dream. Favorite topic, chump of the week. The chump of the week is the ch- the child, the kid. He's, he was, he was, he's an adolescent. He's under 18, not adolescent, but he's not an adult. Uh, for putting his hands on... Chris Paul's family in Dallas during a playoff game. No need for it. Shouldn't be done. I'm going to read a tweet that Chris Paul um, tweeted when this happened. And this is Chris Paul's words. I want to find players for saying stuff to the fans, but the fans can put their hands on our families. And he used a four-letter word that we all like, but I can't say it. He put one, two, three, four, that. Okay, now I do agree that the child should have been tossed, and he did. But in order to fight this battle, that tweet is not going to help. No, no. But you know what? When you start, to, you, I, I think what, what happens, Nails, is when it gets to a point where there's right, wrong, indifferent, I think in CP3's situation, I, I, yeah, maybe he took it a little too far with what he said, but the bottom line is I believe some of these guys and anybody would be like, once it gets to families, mothers, it's all bets are off. You touch my, you know, if anybody touched my mother, I wouldn't be thinking about, well, I'm an NBA player, I gotta be careful here. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do a, you know, malice in the palace and run into well, the Well, Chris Paul did say to the kid, I'll, I'll see you soon outside or I'll see you outside or something like that. He did do that. Okay, but I mean, obviously, CP3, you just turned 37 this, today, I think it is, or tomorrow. Score points, don't roll. worry about He's going to roll the kid. He's 15. What's yeah, he going to do to him? You need to win it. Before you can roll anybody, Get yeah. bring home the hardware. I mean, if he was legal and he was 21 and he put his hands on my mother, now I might, oh, I might chuck a haymaker. I don't yeah. know. I mean, when, he, when, they say he, when they say this child put his hands on Chris Paul's mom, did he, like, touch her shoulder? Yeah, did he choke her? We don't, we don't, we don't did, know did, that. Did he do a, what's his name? Did he do a PJ Collison? I doubt. I doubt yeah, it. What did he do? I, like, I did what? see the kid. I did see the kid kind of contest it when he was told to leave. He, he didn't go quietly. He questioned it a little bit. And, of course, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, stepped up to the plate and said, we're not going to tolerate this. This is not what our fan base is all about. So, of course, CP3 is being a sorehead because his team lost the game, and he played terrible and fouled out with nine minutes to go. But that is his family, and he has the right to yes. protect his family. There was some rumblings today on TV, some of the analysts were saying that if, if that's the case, then uh, then then you know what? 
don't have your wife and your and your and your no, mother come no. to the game. That's not fair. That's not. So, I mean, that's, you know, well, you are a prominent guy. They're trying to say, you know what? You know, you draw a lot of attention. But I mean, his mother and his family should be able to attend the game. Maybe you put them in a, in a luxury box and they're not like visible or be, be you, you can't get to them. I don't know. That's not fair. But that's the no. life. They, that's the life they chose. Nobody should be too. putting anybody's hands on in a sporting Period. event. It's there's no need for it. No, no you no could hands. do boo, yay, boo, yeah. You know, yeah. no good. This sticks and stones, all that stuff. Yeah. But you can't touch stuff. You can't touch somebody else. Yeah. So we're not going to give it too much run. But obviously, this 15-year-old fan, see you later. I'm sure he's not allowed back into the next game. It was uncalled for. You don't. The, the moral of the story here is you don't touch anybody else. It's Very not, simple. It's not your right. We keep it simple here. If you're winning, your team's winning, you're a Mavs fan, and you want to high-five another Mavs fan in the stands, that's different. That's all for the love of the game. That's fine. But you don't you don't play that game, especially, you know, you don't poke the bear. Chris Paul, you're one of the best point guards ever to be in the NBA. No one can stop the mid-range jumper. Don't be a don't be don't don't be sour. Don't be salty. Put the blinders on. Get the tunnel vision. Make your players better. Hit the jumpers. Bring home the bring home the hardware. Then you could say whatever you want. Now everybody's gonna say, no, he's right. That's it. End of story. Let's move on. Day in history. Chumps. Who right. do we got? Yeah, so obviously, I'm go- you know how I mix the dates up. I usually go with the Thursday night version because we're on ELH. But seeing that we're doing a Monday show, I'm going to go with the actual date. So it's May 9th, 2010. This guy's not familiar to a lot of guys, but I want to talk about him a little bit. He's a little bit of a personality, a little bit of a, of a free spirit. Oakland A's, on this day, May 9th, 2010, Oakland A's left-handed pitcher Dallas Braden at the time throws the 19th perfect game in Major League history, beating the Tampa Bay Rays 4 to nothing. okay? I bring up Braden because I just remember him. He didn't last long in the MLB. I remember he wanted to fight A-Rod one time because A-Rod didn't run a ball out or something was. He was a guy who was like a small kid. He was like 5'11". He had the curly, curly hair. He was bald on top. He looked like he was 40, but he was 23. His his career didn't go too far. He was only 26 and 36 career with a 4.16 ERA from 2007 to 2011. But the, right after that no hitter, his career went downward spiral, and he had shoulder injuries and and basically did not last that long. But the uh, moral of the story here is that no hitter he threw. Actually, of course, we know yesterday was Mother's Day. He threw the no hitter on Mother's Day, and it was special because he had just lost his mom to melanoma. And he had dedicated the, the game and all that to his mom. So it was a real special Solid. moment for Braden. I liked him. And then, of course, he went on to be an analyst for ESPN, did a nice job. And then ESPN had some of those layoffs. And he was one of the guys, he was one of the casualties. Not because he, he, he didn't do a good job, but they just had to make some some cutbacks at the time. So did he did he go after A-Rod? Did he want to fight him? He wasn't backing down from him. He said something. I don't know if it was like he didn't run a ball out or like A-Rod flew out. And like, you know, when, they, when you run back to the dugout, you have to go by the mound. Yeah. Something happened. I don't remember what it was, but it, it got a little heated. There was a little, nobody, there was no punches thrown, but Braden wasn't backing down. So he's got a little Lenny Dykstra in him. Yeah. Kind of look like him. You got to see this guy. He's got the curly hair. He was funny on ESPN. I liked him. By the way, he wore number forty nine. So in a couple of weeks, if I remember, he'll be one of my forty nines coming up. I want a day in history with Lenny Dykstra. All right, he went bankrupt with his with his car wash business that he had going on. He was talking gibberish on the documentary on ESPN. I digress. We'll talk about Lenny Dykstra, the original nails before Mike Lowry. So it became my nails, but it's all good. Dallas Braden, and of course, you were talking about Barstool Sports. After ESPN laid him off, he ended up with many gigs on uh, one of Barstool's stations through Sirius Radio. Nice. So he's 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 a personality. He's never going to be starving. We're going to be on Sirius Radio too. Sports Chumps. We are going to have a station on Sirius Radio. That's all coming. You mock my words out there. Doubt us all you want. We're going to be on satellite radio. But I like Dallas Braden's personality, and he was personal right to the end. Of course, that no-hitter in 2010. So on this day in history, Dallas Braden, 
Throws the no hitter. I'm sorry. Perfect game. Twenty seven up, twenty seven down, and now he's um he's an analyst, kind of a free spirit, but a uh, good guy. Dream bringing the heat with this day in history. Moving on, Wheeler Warrior Spotlight, brought to you by Dean, the Dream. All right, Nails. So of course, um, tennis. We got a couple of wins here. I want to get the good stuff out. So boys varsity, they win four three over Moses Brown, and the JV team beats Moses Brown three to one. Um, boys varsity lacrosse, they lost twice, unfortunately, nine, eight on both, both accounts to the same team. They lost twice to Ponegansett. And finally, um, outdoor track and field boys varsity, 86, 38 over Mount Hope. And the girls were successful also over Mount Hope, 70 to 53. So the weather's nice. We're in May here. We got another month, month, month change of the, of the, uh, spring season. So, uh, things are looking pretty good. Shout out to the Wheeler Warriors and a big shout out to Dean, the dream for, for uh, keeping us updated with the Wheeler Warriors spotlight, uh, quick segment. Um, we have a follow-up to a local athlete who's been flourishing on the college level, who I believe the dream actually knows. Yeah, so um, this is a Cranston girl. She went to Cranston West, so it's Olivia Conti. We talked about her about five weeks ago. Um, she's a sophomore shortstop at Emanuel College, which, of course, people don't know. It's located in the heart of Boston, Massachusetts, so right in Fenway country where the Sox are. And Olivia Conti, she's had a great sophomore season. Her team finished off 26-12, 15-1 in conference, um, up until losing on Sunday in the uh, finals to Johnson and Wales. But um, in the playoff game prior to that, Michael, she um, she hits a walk-off homer in a 1-1 game in the bottom of the 10th, hits a walk-off homer to win it, to propel them into the finals, where, of course, they subsequently lost to uh, Johnson and Wales. But a great season. And, of course, individually, I just want to quickly tell you some of the accolades. They're mind-boggling here. 442 batting average. Um, hits, 57 hits, 47 runs scored. Uh, 17 two-baggers, 12 dingers, which is a new single-season record for the school, um, 32 RBIs, she swiped 12 bags, um, she, she did everything, 490 OP, OP, OBP, and she slugged 868, and I'm sure at some point she even sold popcorn. The kid did everything in her sophomore season at Emanuel College after being, I believe, named Rookie of the Year in her freshman season, so Olivia Conti still with two seasons left, two years left, she's doing it, doing it on the big stage. Um, at Emanuel College, and hopefully uh, we're going to continue to track her in the in the uh, seasons to come. Uh, the Kentucky Derby was uh, a couple of days ago. A big shout-out to Rich Strike for winning the Kentucky Derby. I believe it was the longest, the longest, how does, how does that work? The longest long shot to win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Rich Strike. My boy Cappy, Cappy from Johnson. Shout-out to Cappy it. for calling in a I couple of weeks ago. I think he nailed it, too. Yeah. I think he had the horse. Wow. Well, I don't know. He just said he had a good day. That's all I can say. Wow. It's basically shout uh, out to Cappy. You know, we late innings here on late, in. late late innings here on the chumps. Rich Cappy nailed it. Loves the Derby. Said something about lost his voice. We may have got a call from him tonight, but I don't know. He had voice. He had uh, laryngitis issues. So we um we, we we're happy for Cappy. He had the horse. He's oh. he knows the whole track. He talks I about like the that. stirrups. Look at you. Yeah, kicking lyrics. <laughs> Clarence to run the interference. <laughs> Keeping Cappy happy. Well, I got to keep them happy. Wow, well, you're a regular hip-hop guy. I got to keep my people happy. I mean, I don't think I'm going to take... Uh, Rhyming and sense. stealing, wheeling yeah, and dealing. I don't dealing. think I'm going to take Ludacris's place anytime soon. But Jet I mean, flying, limousine riding. All right, hardcore here. Late innings, chumps, dream nails, episode 47. Getting it done here. 88.1 FM, WELH Providence. All right, we got five minutes going. left. We're going to do a little winning, winning time talk. Uh, we're going to keep it clean. 
We're going to keep it clean. We're on ELH. That's directed towards me, and it's warranted because we've we've had to do some editing in the recent re, recent episodes. And by the way, you did a nice job. It was nice how you you masked whatever it was that I was saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying away from Spencer Haywood. That's the best thing to do yeah. is stay away He's from He's in the Hall of Fame. That's all you yeah, need to all right. know. So that's all. We're going to stay away from Spencer. He had he had a minor role in the final episode. Let's just say that. Okay? Okay. So obviously, for anybody out there who's been following or not following it, um, it did wrap up on Sunday night, 9 o'clock on HBO. You can catch it streaming HBO Max, the whole nine. But the season finale took place. And of course, every, anybody who knows the story, I kind of remember it. I was a young kid. I was nine. But the Lakers do win the NBA championship over the Philadelphia 76ers in six games. People who know the story, I thought they did a great job depicting it. You saw Magic Johnson take over for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had the ankle injury, and Magic literally did start at center and score 42 points with 15 rebounds and 7 assists in this game. It was great. It went back and forth. You had Mo Cheeks, Lionel Hollins, Ooh, of course, Mo the Cheeks. doctor. It was, it was Mo great. Mo Cheeks they, is still alive. They showed, yeah, they showed a lot of the game. Of course, Magic Johnson was named MVP. Um, I know, you're, of course, you being the big Celtic guy, so they showed nails as the as the final game was going on. They showed you like um, four pictures at the same time, like picture in a picture. So you've got four things going on. So they're showing like say Jerry Buss's daughter's at the at uh at the forum. She's watching it. You've got a picture of your boy Larry Bird. He's watching the game with a Larry. Boy. It's not. It's Larry Legend. Larry Legend. So Larry Legend's watching the game because he's sick to his stomach that he's not in the game. And by the way, guess what happens as soon as the game's over? They've got another picture of Bird, like he's in French Lick, of course. He's outside in the yard shooting hoops because he's yeah, like saying, "I'm ready next year." I'm yeah, next year I'll be there, and I think next year he was there. So it's just a lot going on there, and of course, um, your boy Michael Chiklis, who plays Red Auerbach, he wait, he goes up, he sees, uh, he comes to the game, and they and, and Jerry Buss goes, "What are you doing here?" He goes, well, um, he goes, you here to root us? No, I'm only here to accept my awards. And it's just, it's poignant because, of course, Orbach, he's got a thing in his hand and a plaque. And he says, well, I, I'm accepting my award for um, executive of the year. And on that day, Larry Bird had just got named, was, we talked about this, Bird was the rookie of the year. All right, Nails just thought he was going to get stabbed with the black pen this time. Not, have no fear. He's got the glasses on. Late, late, late innings here on the chumps. Specs. All right? I got the specs. But, um, so obviously what it, what it came down to, he goes, executive of the year. And he goes, and I got Bill here with me too. So I'm assuming when he said Bill, that was Bill Fitch. So Fitch got coach of the year, um, Red got executive of the year, and Bird got rookie of the year. And, you know, I'm sorry, even though we're Celtic guys. Three for three. Well, all right, yeah, so he goes, yeah, and, and uh, Chicklis goes, yeah, I got the triple crown. And somebody said after, he goes, he doesn't even have the right sport. Like triple crown, you're talking, yeah. like horse racing. But the whole the moral of that story is, all right, you got all, the, all these individual awards, but they got the chip, as you would say. The chip. So Magic was mad that he didn't win the the Rookie of the Year, and I guess he he, he lost to Bird like sixty three to three or something in the votes or something. Mm-hmm. And Pat Riley, of course, now we don't know if this is true, but they're saying Riley told him in the huddle at the end of the game because uh, Magic wanted to know what the numbers were, like how much did I lose by? I don't think that really happened. I don't think Riley. Well, they admit that they fabricate it's a lot, lot of fabrication. You know why they do the fabrication? So they get they get the actual people watching. Yeah, and then Magic they, Johnson has a thing coming out. This is Magic. I told you. Yeah, Apple, Apple, TV, Apple TV. That's lame. That's it's lame. not lame. It's real footage. It's not this. F- Go ahead. I'm not going to say. It. I was going to say, it, but I you, didn't say you're going to. If you don't watch Winning Time, you I'm, and I right, even have you a know problem. What? Now, okay. Now, how many episodes? Ten. Are we in? It's all right, over. So I can start watching it tonight, and I can blast through it. Yeah, go ahead. How about watching one before you talk about blasting through it? I'm just saying. I'm not being. <laughs> if you're gonna, it's ten. Okay. The music's great. John C. Riley's classic. I've been talking about it for ten weeks. It's finally over. It has been renewed for season two, but of course, the Lakers cut down the nets in Philly. They did the parade. Kareem met them at the airport or whatever because he had the bad wheel. He didn't make the trip to Philly. Uh, that, that was on. Uh, that was on his uh, documentary. Oh, was it? Yeah. 
He's an he's an odd duck, man. He's a strange guy. I think I can say that. E L H E L H E L H. Scream is a strange guy. But I mean, a great he's a player. mean guy. He was mean. But you know what he said to, to, to the coach earlier in the season? He was trying to tell Kareem, I need you running. He goes, fourth quarter, they'll lean on me. And at the end of the game, you'll get my 30 points and my 10 rebounds. And at the end of the game, they brought the stats over. And McKinney goes, let me see the spreadsheet. He's like, oh, my God, this guy, 30 points, 10 rebounds. You think Giannis is better than Kareem? It's, it's a different, different kind time, of player. Different it's a different time. kind of player. Um, no, I no. Kareem's, Kareem's, Kareem's. You think he's the best center of all time? Russell, Kareem, or Wilt? Oh, t- by the way, um, oh God, I still, I'm still gonna take Kareem there. Sorry. Okay. And um, by the way, just you know, Rob Phelps beat Kareem's record in New York. Yeah, New York City basketball, yeah. and went to the Friars. Right, the and, pen. Uh, the, yeah. Keep the pen in the right late, 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 and he still thinks he's gonna get stabbed, but he's not. <laughs> um, by the way, just you know, Bill Russell was doing the game on the broadcast yeah, the commentary. yeah and he was the color guy he's interviewing magic after the game but he did the game with brent musburger the young version of brent musburger so there was some some guys that, like i said don't really look like the guys but i thought they did a great job so you got to see winning time hbo it's coming back for season two good stuff lakers win it maybe we see more of the celtics next year because i think the celtics do uh go on and, and why we're we not making why we're we not making stories about larry why why i don't know the guy's a legend you know what it is? He, if you made something about him, he's so quiet, we don't know nothing about him, it would be incredible to see something about him. Yeah. But, I mean, there's probably things that we probably shouldn't see about him, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to – I don't know. He had some family issues. I know, like, his yeah, dad, I think yeah, his dad they had took his own life they or something. something yeah, on him. I've read the book about him, so yeah. there's a lot of, you know, his, his, his upbringing. He had some yeah. difficulties as a kid. Mm. His little brother, Eddie Bird, played at Indiana State because that's where, of course, Larry No one played. cares about his little brother. All right, there was a kid in the sitting on the couch watching the game at LB. I think that was Eddie Bird. He had a sud in his hand. I don't know what was going no one, on. Everyone, no one cares about Eddie Bird. No one about cares Eddie about Bird. Eddie Bird. He was like a six-foot-four guy. Yeah. He played it in the It's like State. nobody cares about Michael Jordan's brother. For the no Sycamores, cares. nobody cares. Just like yeah. in baseball, no one cared about Tommy Aaron, the brother of Joel, Hank Aaron. Yeah, what's the DiMaggio guy? Well, hold on, hold on. Dom DiMaggio was a gold glove center for the Red Sox. Yeah, no one cared about him, though. (laughs) No, but there was a third brother, Vince DiMaggio. Yeah, nobody cares. (laughs) All right, Neil doesn't want to hear about off-brothers and and siblings. It's the guy, and that's it. It's Jordan. Yeah, no one cares about second place. Stop. (laughs) It's over. Solid, though. Winning time. Season two has been renewed. How come there's no stories on Wayne Gretzky, the great one? Come on. Listen, I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not at Paramount Studios. We're doing, we're doing all this I'm fabrication. A, I'm in a cave with, trying to make We're a doing big... all the fabrication with Magic Johnson and Spencer Haywood and Jerry Boss and all these people. And everyone's going on, on, on camera and saying it's all false. Well, it's false because you guys are 90 and you don't want to get divorces. I get it. But they, there's no... Uh, listen, I'm sure the series is great. I'm going to say this. The series is phenomenal. I will watch it because it's over and I can, yeah. I can run through it. But unfortunately, in this world we live in, nobody can have a private life anymore. No, I agree with you. Everything's under the imagine microscope. if they did. Imagine if they did things on us. We we I wouldn't leave the house. I just want to let you know I made Lala watch about a half hour of it yesterday, and you're still watching it. But he said it was raunchy. It didn't. <laughs> he said it was lame. But I'm just saying you're watching it. I don't care. We've been doing a podcast. We're sucking it up here on the Sports Chumps, episode 47, coming to a close. It's good stuff. Winning time. I'm gonna miss not talking about it going forward, but it is coming back for season two. So All right. that'll be interesting. My name is Mikey Nails. You are listening to episode 47 of the Sports Chumps. And I'm Dean the Dream, episode 47. We had a blast. Enjoy your whole week, everybody. Peace.
We'll see you next week. I want to dedicate this song to all the lovers tonight. And I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something or someone to love. When it's cold outside, who are you holding? You know, if y'all don't mind, I'd like to talk about this woman of mine. She's always complaining about me never being at home. But when I'm there, I'm broke. Tell me about the thing that a girlfriend's got What she ain't got And she want me to go out and get them for her But, but girl, I can't be in two places at one time If you think you're lonely now huh. Wait until tonight, girl
I'm done my time And it's your time